if you haven't gotten your Valentine's banquet tickets, they're for sale out there today. Today only fifteen dollars. Uh, tonight there'll be another fifteen dollars, and next week two for thirty. So if you haven't gotten them uh, after church, run back here and get them. The youth are sat there. We got a little table set up. Uh, maybe there'll be somebody buy it, but grab one up and say, "I need tickets to the Valentine's banquet." Uh, we, we will sell them next week, and we'll even sell them at the door. But if you could, even if you don't purchase them today, if you could say, we're coming, put us down. Uh, that way we kind of have an idea. We've already ordered food, but uh, I'm praying we need to order more food. Uh, we, we have to do that sometimes because we get more than we expected. So, uh, But if you could at least let us know, hey, we're coming, or, and we got more people that are coming with us or whatever, we, we'll buy the tickets at the door or whatever. But that way we kind of know how much food to get because that, that's kind of an important part because it wouldn't be much of a dinner banquet without food so and we don't want anybody to go without food so but um but get your tickets they are $15 a piece uh this is dinner and a show uh, we always do entertainment we always have a lot of fun uh we don't we don't preach during the valentine's banquet we just have fun we enjoy each other we enjoy the the, the love of god and uh also uh, uh loving each other and and uh so even if you don't have another other right now that's okay maybe they'll be there what better place to find your other than at the church Valentine's banquet? So, so uh, I found my wife in church. That's where she was. But, um, so anyway, uh, get your tickets. Um, the, it'll be next Sunday night at six down in the youth building. Uh, unless we sell so many that we can't fit down there, and we'll have to move somewhere bigger. Uh, that would be awesome as well. But for now, we're planning on having it down there. Um, another thing I want to announce real quick while everybody's still coming in. Uh, our mission trip, we did get the date set confirmed this week for July uh, 17th through 23rd. Uh, we're going to the Great Passion Plan, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, where we're going uh, to work during the week, and, and we'll, have, we'll have a lot of fun. We get to watch the show. We get to participate in all the, the stuff that they have there, the tour and the museum and all that. And then uh, on Friday night, uh, we actually get to be in the play. And so uh, this is something we're doing for our youth, but we want to invite anybody that wants to go to go with us doesn't have an age limit on it so you're welcome to come and join us if you're interested in that come talk to me we'll talk price and what we're doing and kind of give a little more information on that uh, but we did set that date this week I get to get a confirmation for that the week of July 17th through 23rd so uh, and we'd love for you to come obviously uh, we always like to have adults with us when we take the youth places to kind of help uh, make sure everything's where it's supposed to be but we want you to go and be a part of the mission trip as well and what we're doing, we're, we're working through the week to help them be able to have the passion play. And then uh, that way the passion play reaches thousands of people every year. And I believe thousands of people get saved every year because of, of, of what they're doing there. So we're going to be a part of that. So um, at this time, if our ushers would come, we'll take up our tithes and offering. Brother Jerry, would you would you pray over the offering this morning? It's it's Mr. Jerry this morning. If you, if you haven't heard, Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for this opportunity, Lord, that you've given us, Lord, to come into your house, Lord. This day is for you, Lord. And yes. May we devote all of our hearts to you, Lord, and let them be born on the praise of your Lord. Thank you. Yes. Again, Lord, we thank you for this offering, for everything you have, Lord. Because I know what we're going to do with it. Yes.
atmosphere is changing Nothing stays the same Heaven is waiting For the mention of the name The spirit is moving Burning like a flame Healing the broken By the one we proclaim Raise it up Fill the sky Chains will fall Mountains move We lift Him high Speak the name The name above all other names Speak the name The name the wind and waves obey All of heaven
your name Jesus your name is power
come on as the Spirit's stirring. Won't you reach over to your neighbor and take him by the hand and begin to speak the authority of the name of Jesus. Begin to speak the life of the name of Jesus. Begin to speak the holiness of the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to pray. All across this room, begin to pray. Supernatural divine intervention. God, right now, in the strong name of Jesus, we call sickness out. It's got to go. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we cry out for wholeness and healing. Lord, no sickness, no, no infirmity has a place, God, in the presence of the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, right now, God, broken bodies are mended right now, God. COVID is lifted, COVID is gone. Right now, God, sinus infections are removed. Right now, every headache is gone. Right now, every stiff body, God, is healed in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, you're the God who cures cancer. You're the God who cures every disease. The same God who cured leprosy is the same God who can cure cancer. The same God who raised up the dead is the same God who's still working today. Oh, we trust you, Lord. We believe you, God. Come on, if your earthly language fails you, let your heavenly language fall. Come on, just pray, just pray, just pray. Press in and pray. Pray for your nation. Pray for your world that you're living in. Lord, we pray right now for the United States of America. God, we pray deliverance for our nation. We pray unity for our nation. We pray healing, God, for our nation. God, we pray your plan. We pray your will. We pray your desire, oh Lord. Your desire, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you, Lord. 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 Praise you, You know that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, His name is worthy to be praised. No matter the storm, no matter the situation, no matter the ice, no matter the, the medical condition, He's still worthy to be praised. No matter what's going on in the environment around us, He's still worthy to be praised. Come on, can we do that today one more time? Put your hands together and give God your best praise, please. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Why don't you turn and greet someone this morning? Let them know you're glad to see them in the house of God.
Bless the Lord. Wow. Man, I look around the room this morning, I am feeling extra blessed. Y'all was had cabin fever, didn't you? He's ready to get out of the house. I'm glad you chose the right place to come to. There's a, a, a young lady here this morning that's being honored by her family. Uh, the majority of this section over here is to celebrate a birthday. 25, 26, something like that, I think. Uh, Miss Shanista, happy birthday. We welcome all your family. We love you. We love you. We love you. What a special, special day and to have all your family here. So, so great. So good. I, I want to uh, welcome also two new board members. Uh, actually, three new board members. Uh, Brother Bobby was already on the board, but he is now uh, one of our deacons and we greet him. Uh, Brother Merle is now one of our deacons. Merle, we're excited. Uh, and, and glad of, of what the Lord has before us. We sure you are. And Miss LaDonna, she's now our board secretary. And so we greet Miss LaDonna. Let's give them all a hand clap. Amen. I also have another young couple here this morning that I need to address and, and uh, say how proud and congratulations are in order. Uh, you know, when, when a couple of teenagers get married in your church... Uh, We had a shotgun wedding here this past. It was not actually a shotgun. There was no shotgun involved. A nine millimeter was there, but not a shotgun. There was uh, no. No. Wednesday of this last week, before the snowstorm hit, uh, brother Jerry and sister Vicky uh, became husband and wife. We're so happy for you guys. Congratulations. I said shotgun wedding, she's holding a baby. I mean, you people got to think about that. I'm just <laughs> kind of put it all together, didn't it, folks? Amen. <laughs> Don't we have a lot to give God praise for? We have so much to give God praise for. We've been so desperately in need of rain and, and moisture to return to the earth. And, and I love the snow so very much. I know uh, people in southern Oklahoma don't necessarily like the snow. And if you don't move on to Texas, it's fine. I mean, but it's good to have a snow every once in a while. I got to have snow days with my wife. Hallelujah. Teachers were out of school. The kids was out of school. I know y'all are ready for them to go back to school. But, oh, man, it was, it was good to have the snow. But it was even better to have the moisture uh, and the Lord returned it to our earth. And uh, he, He's a faithful God in all ways, in all realms. And, and I love Him. I thank Him today. I'm so grateful uh, for who He is and all that God's doing. Would you join me as we go to Him in the Word this morning? And let's just give God praise one more time. Come on, right there where you're seated. Let's give God glory. Father, you're so faithful, you're so true, and you're so good. Lord, thank you for, for, for the snow. Thank you, Lord God, for the, the nourishment of the earth. Thank you, Lord God, for, for your timing. Thank you, God, for your plan. Thank you for your will being done in these last days, God. May you be the one who receives the glory, the praise, and the honor. And God, and it's in Christ's name we exalt and we glorify. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord. And again I say, praise the Lord. Come on, give me my hand clap of praise together today. Thank the Lord. How many would agree with the pastor today when I say our God is a trustworthy God? 
He's a mighty miracle-working God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And, and He's the one who has and holds all the questions, the answers to all of the questions of life. How many would agree with that today? How many would also agree today that our God is an extraordinary God? Now understand, I didn't use that word extraordinary by accident this morning. It was not a mistake that I called our God an extraordinary God because the definition I found in preparation of this word today for the word extraordinary is this. Extraordinary means to go beyond what is ordinary, to go beyond what is usual, Something that is highly exceptional or remarkable. How many understand that's a good definition of our God? Amen. Our God goes beyond the normal. He goes beyond the usual. He's highly exceptional. He's remarkable. He is God Almighty. How many believe that this morning? Amen. See, I don't believe it's ordinary or usual to, to have all of our sins forgiven through one man who paid a sacrifice for all humanity. How many believe that today? That's not normal. That's not usual. It's not normal, ordinary, or usual for a body that's been diagnosed to be filled and overflowing with cancer to suddenly receive a, a dynamic healing from the hand of Almighty God. That's not normal, right? It's not normal. It's not ordinary for, for bodies to come back to life. It's not normal. It's not ordinary for broken hearts to be mended. It's not normal. It's not ordinary for something that man said was impossible to suddenly become possible. Listen, it takes a supernatural divine intervention of an extraordinary God. I submit today our God is an extraordinary God and with Him all things are possible. I also believe today that with this knowledge of understanding Him as an extraordinary God, I also believe that He's a trustworthy God. How many believe that today? And so if we combine those two things together and we begin to think about our extraordinary God and our trustworthy God, then, then we would have to combine the two thoughts and understand that He's an extraordinarily trustworthy God. How many would agree with that? I can trust him beyond the normal. I can trust him beyond the usual. He's highly exceptional and remarkable when it comes to the trust that I can put in my God. Now, how many are with me so far today? Amen. The truth is that Christians, as when we become Christians, we all have to enter into salvation. We all have to enter into Christianity with some level of trust towards God. You have to trust Him to some degree, Brother Allen, to understand that He has the power, He has the authority to take away the sin from a person's life. We have to trust God that He is able to do what He said He could do and save our souls. How many are with me again so far today? Amen. Now understand, the, the sad truth is many people trust Him only to that point. We trust Him with the salvation of our soul, but not the healing of our body. We'll trust Him with the salvation of our soul, but not with our tomorrow. We'll trust Him with our salvation of our soul, but we don't trust Him with our finances or our future. Listen, it's time to become wholehearted in our trust of our God. It's time to begin to trust God with our everything and with our all. How many believe that this morning? I believe and confess before you this morning that we are living in the last of the last of the last of the last days. It surely can't be long until that trumpet sounds. It surely can't be long until gravity loses its hold. It surely can't be long until the dead in Christ get up and then we who are alive and remain follow up behind them. It surely can't be long until the Lord steps through the clouds and says, come on up here. It surely can't be long until He returns for His bride without spot or blemish. It surely can't be long until the Lord comes back. But I believe His return to be sure, but I also know and understand nobody knows the day or the hour. 
Now, how many would agree when I say this morning that the hour that we're living in currently are desperate times? Uh, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Lord says, In the last days, perilous times will come. In the last days, we'll suffer perilous times. Church, we're living in the midst of these perilous times today. We're seeing things coming to this world. We're seeing things coming to the United States of America that many of us never believed or dreamed in our lifetime we'd ever see come to pass. When a man is called a woman and a woman is called a man, listen, it's an abomination under the eyes of Almighty God. Listen, they can say what they want to say, and I can be as politically incorrect as they think I am, but the fact of the matter is, if you're born a man, you're a man. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't do oopses. God doesn't have to do do-overs and say, oh, I accidentally made that one a little boy when I meant to make it a little girl. Listen, if the animals in the woods know what they're supposed to be, then we as God's humanity and God's creation ought to know what we're supposed to be. Boy, that's a rabbit trail. Hallelujah. It's an example of the time and the hour that we're living in. Here's the, the thing that I don't really want to say to you this morning. Here's the thing I don't really want to have to be upfront about today, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. The truth of the matter is, yes, Jesus is coming, but nobody knows when. And, and here's the sad truth to that. We don't know how bad things are going to get before he does come back. We don't know how far this, this old world is going to turn from Him or how much worse things are going to get. The, the things that at one time were called sin are no longer sin and, and the things that were called good are no longer good. Listen, we're living in a flip-flopped, upside-down world today. And it's going to continue to get worse. It's going to continue to grow more evil. It's going to continue to fall further away from God. It's going to continue to go further and further and further and further away from the Lord. So what's our response as a church? How do we respond as a man of God? How do we respond as an individual? How do we respond as a woman of God? How do we respond as a congregation of believers? How do we go forward? Well, I submit to you this morning that for the man of God, the woman of God, for the church, it's going to take us functioning and operating in a place of an exceptional trust in Almighty God. We've got to get our trust off of us and we've got to get our trust off the government. We've got to get our trust off man and people. They'll fail us every time. But God will never let you down. Today and an hour for putting an exceptional trust in an exceptional God. Find your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, please. We're going to the book of 2 Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 22. I want to talk to you this morning about having an extraordinary, exceptional trust for God. Extraordinary trust in God. 2 Samuel. Chapter 22, verse 1. The Word says, Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. The Lord God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge. He's my Savior. You saved me from violence, and I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemy. 
When the waves of death surround me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrow of Sheol surrounded me. The snare of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God, and He heard my voice from His temple. My cry entered His ear. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I pray today that ears are open. I pray that hearts are receptive. I pray, God, that you'd take us to a place of a, a, an extraordinary trust, God, one such as we've never had before. God, may our trust go to a brand new level in you. God, because we're not putting our trust in man, we're putting our trust in you, O oh Lord. Have your way in this meeting, and God, please leave nothing out. And God, will give you the praise for it all in Jesus' strong name. And all of God's people agreed and said... Amen. Let's give him a hand clap one more time if you wouldn't mind, please. How many would agree this morning that our God is a fortress and a deliverance in Him we can trust? I believe we is a trustworthy God. Here in the Word this morning, we find David at a, at a time of rejoicing, singing songs unto the Lord. Uh, he was talking about and singing about how he had placed his trust in God and how God had not let him down. The Bible says that it was on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies. How I many know David had to deal with a lot of enemies throughout his life, right? There was, seemed like through the, through the Word of God, there was always somebody that was after King David. There was always some situation or circumstance. There was always a, a giant, and then there was another giant, and then there was another giant, and then there was a, 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 an immoral fall, an immoral failure on his own part. Sometimes David was his own enemy. How I many know sometimes we can be our own enemy? He had enemies on the outside. He had enemies he had to deal with from himself. He had Saul that he had to deal with. He had giants that he had to deal with. David went from one confrontation to another. But the Bible says on the day that the Lord delivered him from all of his enemies, he began to sing a song. Lord, I've trusted you every step of the way. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. In you, I've placed my trust. It was a song of faith. It was a song of deliverance. And it was a song of extraordinary trust in Almighty God. Church, the reality is a communication with God through prayer is always the way that gives birth to an extraordinary trust in God. David spent time talking. He said, I cried out to my God. He heard my cry. It, he answered my prayer and he delivered me. Listen, I believe with all of my heart, if we'll continually cry out to God, he's going to hear our cry. He's going to answer our prayer and he's going to deliver us. Psalm 62 and 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge to us. Listen, when we pray, He hears and He answers. And little bit by little bit, our trust grows. God brought me out of this situation. I prayed to Him. I talked to Him. I, I was in communication with God. He heard me. He answered me. He delivered me. I trusted Him for this. And now I'm going to trust Him for this. And I cry out to God and He hears me and He answers me and He brings me out of this situation. And so now I'm going to trust Him for this over here. Your trust in God can continue to increase until the place where it becomes extraordinary. Beyond usual. Beyond normal. Beyond what is customary. Beyond what is understandable. But we function, we walk, we live, we breathe, we talk in a place of extraordinary faith unto Almighty God. 
I believe if we're going to trust God even at all times, even in the darkest hours that are about to befall this old world that we're living in, church, I believe it's going to take walking and living in that extraordinary faith. The, the truth is, if we're not in continual communication, talking to God in our time of prayer, then when we watch the things befalling the world that are going on today, how many understand we begin to lose our trust? I don't know why this is happening the way it is. I don't, I don't know why this sickness has befallen my loved one. I don't know why our nation's turned so liberal. I don't know why our nation has turned so far away from God. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And you get to that place where you think, God, where are you at? Come on, be real with me and I'll be real with you. God, how come you ain't doing something about this? God, squish them all like bugs, please. You know, when about Psalms 35, I said this a week or two ago, and about Psalms 35, that's what David prayed. God, kill them all. God, just kill them all. I'm tired of dealing with these people. I'm tired of dealing with the liberalism of the world today. I'm tired of dealing with the, the crazy upside-down world. God, just kill them all. You know, I, I've shared with you people before. In times past, your pastor has prayed for a reverse rapture. Reverse rapture, what's that, pastor? That's where God sends all the bad people to hell and keeps all the good people here. You know, God loves us too much to do something like that. He's too patient and He's too kind. For He says He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, right? But in these last days, as we look at these things going on, God, why? Why are things happening this way? Why, why are things unfolding the way they are? We begin to lose our trust if we're not in communication with Him. But friend, I promise you this much, if you'll talk to God on a daily basis, uh, more than a one time a daily basis, if you spend time in communion, you spend time in communication with Almighty God, I promise He'll bring revelation knowledge into your heart. He'll speak still small thoughts into your spirit man and your spirit woman. He'll begin to in, in, instill things inside of you and I that, that will bring trust and, and confidence of who we are in the hour that we're living in. And though things may not go the way we always want them to, God's with us every step of the way and we can walk in confidence that He's our deliverer and Him will put our trust. Church, I believe we're living in an hour today where ordinary trust isn't going to cut it. I believe we're living in an hour and a time where just having trust is, is not enough. Oh, I trust you, but only to a certain point. That's not going to get it. I, I'm submitting to you this morning. It's going to believe, take that believing in God and trusting Him on a level such as we've never trusted Him before in the hour we're living in today. I'm talking about an extraordinary trust. So... There's some things I want to share with you this morning about having this extraordinary trust. And the first thing I want to talk about is this. What is an extraordinary trust? Well, it's trust for the unknown. Amen. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Can I submit to you this morning as your friend and your pastor? It may be unknown to you and it may be unknown to me, but that doesn't mean that it's unknown to God. 
We may not always know the direction. We may not always know the plan. And friend, I'll tell you one more time. I submit to you, we don't have to know the plan if God's got the plan. It might be unknown to you and I, but it'll never be unknown to God. Here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, what we see is God calling Abraham to a place, a, 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 a time of incredible act of obedience, a, an incredible act of trust unto God Almighty Himself. God asked Abraham to step out of, of the known and step into the unknown. Abraham was living in a place of inheritance. If he'd have stayed right there with his friends, if he'd have stayed right there with his family, if he'd have stayed right there where he knew everything about everything that was going on, it was all going to be okay. He was set up, right? But God said, hey, dude. You ever heard God said, hey, dude? God said, hey, dude, won't you get up from where you're at? I want you to take off and go to some place I'm going to tell you about. Right. Notice in the instruction of the Lord, God didn't say, Oh, and by the way, here's the map. <laughs> Anybody ever watch Dora Explorer? <laughs> I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. Sorry. I'm the map. You're not the map. God's the map, God's the map, God's the map. God didn't say, Abraham, here's the plan. Here's the program. Here, let me lay it all out before you. Get a chalkboard, write it all down. This is what's going to happen. God just said, hey, dude, get up and go to a place I'm going to tell you about. What incredible trust. What extraordinary trust it took for Abraham to get up from a place that he was comfortable with, to get up from a place he knew and understood. No one could touch him where he was at, but he was going into a land of unfamiliarism. He was going into a place where he was unprotected, or at least he would have thought he was unprotected. But because God was with him, Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham, for I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Listen, it may have been unknown to Abraham in that moment, but God said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you where you go. I'll be before you and I'll be a reward unto you. And I'm sure that Abraham said, Listen, Jack, if God said he's going to go with me, I'll go wherever he wants me to go somewhere around eight years ago the Lord said hey I got this place called Lone Grove Lord what's a Lone Grove the Dotson clan had never heard of Lone Grove in their entire lives I didn't even know there was a Lone Grove I'd been in Ardmore once in my entire life and the Lord said I'm going to take you someplace you don't know all of our family, all of our friends, everything that was familiar, all of my hunting spots. Come on, that's important. <laughs> everything I knew. The school, the only school our, our, our youngest daughter had ever gone to. was what was familiar. That's where our inheritance was, right? And God said, I'm going to take you to a place you've never seen before. Right. And I'll be with you. And I'll be your shield. Yes. And I'll be your reward. Yes. Do you know, there's been times when God has had to be the shield. Amen. There's been times when God has sent angel armies to surround us. 
times when you didn't want to take another step, but the angel armies of God were there to encourage you. And as far as being my rewarder, listen, I've got a whole lot better deer hunting place than I ever thought I'd have in my life. By the way, did I mention that's important? God cares about the stuff we care about. God knows the desires of our heart. And God wants to be a rewarder of those who will diligently seek after Him, seek after His will, seek after His plan. But here's the downfall. Too many Christians and too many people are put in a place of not trusting Almighty God. One of the biggest downfalls of the church and of Christianity today is playing it safe. Are you here still yet? We're going to play it safe. We're going to take our time. We're going to see what God does. I mean, maybe if the timing's just right, maybe if I'll stay on familiar ground, maybe if I'll just do my plan instead of following God's plan, it'll still work out for me. I wasn't going here, but I'm going here. Do you know that right now, and, and it's just an illustration of the world and the time we're living in, and the, the playing it safe mentality that's functioning in our world today. Come on. Right now, in the state of Oklahoma, there's no less than 15 open Assembly of God churches that are looking for pastors. Do you know that right now, in the state of Oklahoma, there's somewhere around 3,000 credential holders that could fulfill those churches? Do you know that in the state of Oklahoma, there's only 512 churches that are established? And so that means 2,500 some people are waiting until the time is right. They're waiting until the right church opens up for them. They're waiting until the right opportunity is there and the right timing and the right paycheck. I'm afraid to go pastor a church of 25 because I might have to actually do something. I'm afraid to go pastor a church of 30 because I might actually have to get a secular job and pastor that church too. Listen, it's time for people to step into the right place that God has for them. Thank you for that thunderous response. I want you to understand something. When God says go, He doesn't always give you the map. He just expects you to do what He told you to do. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. In other words, God is the map. He's the map. He's the map. Ultimately, God was with Abraham every step of the way. Ultimately, God was his shield. He directed his path, and Abraham stepped in to be the father of many nations. I woke up this morning singing, Father Abraham, Father Abraham. Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just right foot, left foot. No, that's a hokey pokey. I'm... Ordinary trust. Ordinary trust says, hey, let's just wait and see what happens. Ordinary trust says, hey, let's just stay right here and play it safe. Ordinary trust says, hey, when times get better, when the right thing comes along. But extraordinary trust. 
He says, listen, if God said it, I believe it, and that's good enough. If God said go, I'm ready to go. If God said jump, I'm going to ask Him how high. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. God, because I trust you, without a shadow of a doubt, God, I trust you in all that I'm going to do. What do we need to know about extraordinary trust? It's trust for the unknown. Another thing we need to know about extraordinary trust is this. It's, it's trust for provision from God. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, the Bible says, The Lord Jesus speaks these words and says, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you're going to put on it. Is life more than, not more than food for the body and more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather uh, into barns. Yet your, your heavenly Father, He feeds all of them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add uh, one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They don't, uh, excuse me, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory uh, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God clothes the grass of the field which is today and, uh, and gone tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, oh you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? For all these things the Gentiles worry about, they seek after. For your heavenly Father knows that things that you have need of. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added. In other words, trust God, and He'll provide it all. How many understand our God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God provider? He provides for the birds. He provides for the grass. He provides for the moisture to bring nourishment back to the plants. In my lifetime, I've never seen or heard or talked to so many scared people. The fact is, America is filled with frightened people right now. Fear. Fear grips the heart of so many individuals. Fear grips the heart of so many people today, collectively. Fear grips us as a nation today in so many ways that it never has gripped us before. I talk to people who are builders or executives or lawyers or business owners, politicians, and yes, sadly, even Christians who are gripped by the fear that's befalling the world that we're living in today. The truth is, you guys see it just like I do. The value of the American dollar drops with each and every passing day. The, the inflation rate is the highest that it's been in over 40 years. What causes that inflation rate, Pastor? The inflation rate continues to go up because there's too many dollars chasing after too few of goods. There's pumping all of this money into our economy. Trillions and trillions of dollars that they're pumping into our economy. But they're still not the, the products, they're still not the goods or the jobs in manufacturing to receive those dollars that are being pumped in there. And so what happens? The cost of everything goes through the moon. Anybody bought a cup of coffee here lately? I understand that's going up. Anybody bought a gallon of gasoline here lately? The news report says that gasoline is the highest that it's been in 14 years. I'm sure all our oil worker friends are getting a bunch of that money. Price of beef is through the moon. Price of milk is through the moon. The price of eggs is through the moon. 
How are we as Americans going to make it with all the things that are happening in the world that we're living in today? We're living in an hour of lockdowns and uh, mandates that you have to do things that are unconstitutional in your own life. Can I tell you something today? Pastor's not running for political office. First Lady Vonda. If I were president for one day. <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about Nancy. I'll just say that. That's all. Leave it alone, Gary. None of this stuff, the inflation rate, the price of gasoline, the godlessness that's happening in our society today, <laughs> the things that were one time called good now being called bad, and the one things that were one time bad called good. Listen, none of these things have caught God by surprise. Are you hearing me? None of this stuff caught God off guard. God knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. God knows all of it from start to finish and every part in between. He told us these perilous times would come. In Matthew 24, He said that there would be famines and wars and pestilence and earthquakes and perplexities, calamities, and fear would befall the entire world. But He also says, don't, don't let it catch you unaware. Don't let it catch you by surprise. He also said in the book of Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about something you can't do nothing about. Who by worrying about his stature has added one cubit? In other words, who by worrying about being bald-headed has added one hair? Maybe it's time. Instead of worrying about stuff, Instead of, maybe it's time instead of being so afraid of what's going to happen. Maybe we begin to minister in the ministry that God has called us to without fear or apprehension. We begin to be who God's called us to be, doing what God's called us to do fearlessly. Wow. In the book of Luke, the word of the Lord says this. Luke chapter 1 verse 73 says, the oath with which, which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Amen. That we might serve him, sweetheart, without fear. Right. We can live this life and fulfill this calling... We can live as men of God and as women of God. We can live as sons and daughters. We can live as brothers. We can go to church and serve Him yes. without fear. Amen. I don't want to be scared. I've been scared before. I don't like being scared. Fear doesn't come from the Lord. In fact, my Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
God didn't cause me to be afraid. God didn't put fear on me. Oh, there's a, a good kind of fear where it's reverence and respect for Almighty God. We wouldn't dare do anything to offend our God because we love Him and we revere Him so very much. We don't want to be irreverent unto God. But it's not the fear of mankind. It's not the fear of doing without. It's not the fear of poverty. Listen, nakedness and famine are an evil enemy sent from the devil himself to cause fear to rise up in us. Man, I'm afraid if I give, then, then I'm not going to have enough left over for me. I'm afraid if I help somebody or I go out of my way to do something for somebody else, then, then it's going to cause me to have problems in my own life. Listen, it's time to stop being afraid and it's time to start living the, the power and the authority that God gave us. The soundness of mind that God gave us. <sighs> Poverty and fear. Hunger and nakedness. Ordinary trust says, man, I, I can only go so far. I can only do so much. I mean, I've got to look out for me, myself, and I. If I'm not looking out for me, who's going to look out for me? The Lord said, don't worry about it. It takes extraordinary trust to trust God. What do we need to know about this extraordinary trust? It's, it's trust for provision. One more I want to share with you today. Y'all like that one so much, you're really going to like this one. It's trust for judgment. Psalms chapter 91, verses 1 through 8, the word of the Lord says this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress. My God, in Him I'll trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And He shall cover you with His feathers. And under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. I know we don't like to talk about it. I know we don't like to hear about it. I know you know many pe- preachers try to avoid the topic. Is it dry in here to anybody else but me? I don't want to distract me or you either one, but I was tired of my tongue sticking to the roof of my mouth. Brother Jerry, we don't like to talk about it. Preachers don't like to preach about it. Because it causes people to go, ooh, don't know about all this stuff. But the God that we believe in is a God of judgment. He's a just God. He's a just God. Yes, He's a God of love. Yes, He's a God of mercy. Thank God He is the God of love and mercy. And thank God that His mercy is still being poured out. But we also have to understand Him as a just and God of judgment as well. If you were to go back and do a survey of the Old Testament and the New as well, what you'll find is that throughout the Word of God, we see the judgment of God poured out upon the sin nature of the world that we're living in. 
In Genesis chapter 3, it was God's judgment that drove sin out of that garden. The Bible says, so he drove out men and he drove out the man and he placed cherubim to the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned away every way to guard the way of the tree of life. God's judgment was there and drove them out of that beautiful place. He had made it for them. He wanted them to inhabit it. But sin came and corrupted it. And so God said, listen, I love you. But you got to go. It was God's judgment that rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19, 24, the Bible says, Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. God said, sin has come up before me. This abomination has come up before me. I must drive it out. I must judge it. I must destroy the sin that's before me. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 5, it was God's judgment that fell on Ananias and Sapphira when they conspired together to grieve and to lie to the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says that while Ananias was still telling the story that he fell dead, why would you grieve God? Why would you lie to God? Oh, it's okay to lie to me, but don't lie to my God. The judgment of God fell. Yes, He's a God of Love, yes, He's the God of mercy. Yes, He's the God of, of, of peace. Yeah, but understand today, He is also the God of judgment. He is a just God who must pour out judgment upon this world that we're living in. And the truth is this, soon the judgment of God will befall this world. Amen. Pastor, you can't tell people who need to get saved about that. You might scare them off and make them think He's a mean God. Listen, judgment shall befall this world. Everybody will have a time of standing accountable before the judgment seat of Almighty God. But the truth of the matter is, there's a way of redemption and there's a way of receiving the grace of Almighty God. It's the atoning blood of the Lamb of God. We can be cleansed from all unrighteousness simply by knowing Jesus. Not joining a church, not going to church, not, not paying tithes. None of that stuff makes you saved. Amen. I work in the church. I preach the sermons. I play the piano. I, I play a guitar. I play the drums. I teach a class. I'm a deacon at the church. None of that stuff is the way of salvation. Amen. It's only by knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says that it's by grace we've been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. We're saved through faith. Listen, I believe we can substitute a word for faith right there and put it in trust. We're saved through trust. Trust and faith are interchangeable words in my opinion. I'm saved because I've trusted my God. Y'all are really digging this today. The United States of America is primed for the judgment of God. We live in a nation where millions of babies are killed on a continual basis. There's good people working to try to overturn some of that and make it 
Whoo, I can't. You know, up until recently, that baby could be in a, a late term stage, which means fully developed. Do you know in the Old Testament, they would take the babies after they'd been born and they'd offer them to the prophet Baal, their prophet Baal, the false god Baal. They'd light a fire, they'd put the babies in a basket and they'd run them babies through that fire. A sacrifice. Do you know what we're doing today and the world we're living in today is so similar I'd go into the graphic details of, uh, of what an abortion looked like, but it's too much for a, a congregation, and, and especially with young children in here today, it's too much to understand. But there's many nurses sitting around this room today that could give you a very vivid description of what it's like. And not only does it affect that individual uh, right in that moment, not only does it destroy the life of that unborn baby, but it also destroys the life of the person going through that process as well for many, many, many years to come. world's prime for judgment pornography pornography is the leading growing industry in America today you'd think masks would be right but (laughs) so many people and young people they talk about drugs and they talk about alcohol and how addictive it is. I've, I've had many, many friends, many close personal friends who were so gripped and so addicted by the pornography that it controlled their lives. When, when a person gets drunk or a person gets high, there's endorphins that go off in their brain, right? It's, it's the pleasure sensor of your, your mind, and, and, and it just makes you feel wonderful. Life's good. I can escape for a little bit. I'm drunk. I'm high. I, I don't have to worry about the world right now. Do you know the same endorphins go off in people's brains when they view pornography? And it's those endorphins that cause people to become addicted. It creates an addictive personality in a person's life. Oh, I've got to have that high again. I've got to feel that rush one more time. And and if looking by those explicit photos will do that for me, then I've got to do it again. That's the world we're living in, guys. Some of you thought you was coming for a happy-go-lucky, happy preacher today. I'm sorry, you came to the wrong joint. God is going to judge sin. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when this world, the heavens and the earth will melt like thunder and fire. There will come a new heaven and there will come a new earth. There's coming judgment on planet earth. But, but here's what I submit to you this morning. There is a way to trust God for the coming judgment on planet earth. And it's through that grace of Almighty God. See, He still offers that grace. You know, I often 
Woo! I often second guess and I often wonder many times whenever I begin to talk about abortion. If maybe in a congregation of this size this morning, if maybe there's not somebody in the room or, or somebody watching on Facebook that's gone through that. And you're like, oh, preacher, you're just breaking my heart. You're, you're stepping all over me. Just go away and leave me alone. Friend, it's, it's not an attack against any individual. Do you know who I was? Do you know what I did? Do you know the things that were in my life? The sin that consumed me. The illicit lifestyle that I lived. I spit in the face of God. I heard His calling when I was in the seventh grade, guys. I was in an altar service on a Wednesday at a, a Christian school that mom and daddy sent me to because they didn't want their baby to get beat up in public school. They didn't know I got beat up in private school too, but... And I answered that call on that Wednesday in that chapel service in the seventh grade. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And by the time I graduated high school and went to OSU to play baseball, I'd forgot all about that call. I'd forgot all about what God wanted me to do. And I said, listen, there's alcohol and there's wild women. And I'm going after both of them. And for the next few years, I lived my life that way. You guys, most of you know my testimony. I lost my scholarship. I lost everything that I thought was important to me. I went home and I met that beautiful thing. She was in the bar passing out tracks one night. Witnessing. She asked me to dance. In 33 years, I've danced with her still. I don't say anything ever to offend anybody or to hurt you or to. Because here's what I know personally it's by grace that we can be saved, it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. Through faith, through trust, we can trust God. For the coming, we don't have to endure the judgment that's going to befall. But it bears saying today as well. He's more than your get out of hell free card. He's more than our fire escape. He's more than our fire extinguisher. He's, he's not just to, to save us from the judgment, but he also wants to embrace us through relationship. He loves you. Well, when I get right, I'll trust Him. Well, when, when things turn around in my life, I'll trust Him. Friend, let me tell you, you can trust Him right now today. And He'll pour out His grace and His mercy and His love. There's nowhere we can go so bad that God can't save us from it. I need worship team to come back. Thank y'all for putting up with a long-winded preacher today. Thank y'all for putting up with
Amém. Last Sunday, we did a baby dedication. Beautiful little Isabella. Precious little fat cheek having thing. We made some vows. I asked you guys to, to enter into a vow to live your life in such a way in front of that baby girl that when she is old, she'd automatically know and understand that was the lifestyle she wanted to live. But I also made a vow to Jonathan and Courtney that I'd preach the word uncompromisingly. I'd be there for them in a moment's notice. That's my vow I made a long time ago before God and I make to this body of believers. I'm going to preach the word of God uncompromisingly. I will be there for you when you need me in a moment's notice. But I'm going to preach what God says preach, and I'm going to do it the way God says do it. If we can take our trust from here to there, if we can take our trust level in God to to at least one more step, we're growing. We're maturing. We're developing as believers. We don't just trust Him for our salvation, but we need to trust Him for our unknown things in life as well. We don't just trust Him for our our salvation and the unknown things, but we need to trust Him to provide for us when we don't see how He's going to provide for us. We don't just trust Him for the unknown things or the provision. We can also trust Him for the coming judgment. And we take one step every time we trust Him till we reach the place of this extraordinary trust in God. What's going to happen? How's it going to turn around? What's going to do? What's going to be doing on, going on in your world tomorrow? I don't know, but I trust God. What's tomorrow going to bring? I don't know, but I trust God. What's going to have for lunch? I don't know, but I trust God. Shouldn't it be that simple? I mean, really, shouldn't it be that basic? Will we trust God for everything? Stand with me today, please. Father, Father, we trust you. We trust you, Lord. We yield to you, Lord. We don't need a map. God, we'll follow your map. God, we don't have to figure out the where, the why, or the how. God, we're going to trust you to provide. Oh, Lord, we're willing to do our part. We're willing to work. We're we're willing to do whatever you call us to do. But, Lord, we're going to trust you in the doing. Lord, we trust you. When things begin to befall this world, Lord, when the plagues begin to fall on, on Egypt, You kept the children of Israel protected from the judgment that you poured out upon that place. Lord, we believe you'll protect those covered by the blood from the coming judgment. Lord, please. Lord, please. Touch every heart right this moment. Lord, I ask if there be any 
who are undone. If there's any that don't know you, if there's any that even question, God, begin to woo them and draw them by your Holy Spirit. Not the intellect of man, not the wisdom of people. The Holy Spirit. Woo and draw. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Please, with your heads bowed, please, with eyes closed just for a moment. I'm so glad that you're here today. Many of you I didn't have the opportunity to meet personally, and I just want to say thank you. I'm glad you came. Whoever you're here with or whatever drew you here, I'm glad. But here's the thing. You didn't come here by accident today. And the word the Holy Spirit put up on my heart wasn't an accident today. We're living in a time where it's going to take some extraordinary trust in God to make it through. And it begins through trusting Him with the salvation of our souls. If you're in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, or you're in this room this morning and and possibly you've made that commitment, but you just want to be sure today. You just want to know that you know your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you're here and you'd say, Brother Gary, I need Jesus. I need to know Him as Savior. I want to trust Him today to save my soul. Would you lift your hand right now? I just wonder who I'm praying with. Thank you, Lord. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Come on, right now is your time. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to wait just another minute. Pastor, I want to know. I want to be sure. There's, there's already been one hand that's, that's gone up. Right. Anyone else? Amen. 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 Here's what I'm going to ask of you. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you just say, Man, Pastor, I want my trust to go to an extraordinary level. I want to trust God on a place in a way that I've never trusted Him before. For things I've never trusted Him before. Come on, if that's you. Whether you're coming for salvation or you're coming to just say, Lord, grow my trust. I want to invite you to come and find a place in the front of the church or make an altar where you're at. But please, friend, don't, don't leave until you spend time in prayer. God bless you as you come.
Lord, how we trust you. Lord, how we trust you. Lord, you are not a man that you should lie. You're trustworthy. You're extraordinary. Lord, we want to place an extraordinary trust in an extraordinary God. Lord, walk with us this day. May we, may we find ourselves trusting you on a greater level than we ever have before. God, may we, may we find ourselves trusting you in things we've never trusted you in before. God, have your way in our lives that you may be the one who receives the glory. God, walk with us today. Bring us back tonight that we might gather in your presence once again. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask all of these things in the amazing, anointed name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight.